Being around sports media and a fan of, oh, my NC State Wolfpack for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in LA and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week of the podcast, Trey and Kevin will probably open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment for the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall. Legacies will change forever. New goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is the Thursday show. That means it's time to talk some fantasy football. It's fantasy football playoff season. If you're winning your league because if you listen to this podcast, and who the hell knows, maybe that's possible. Um, I did tell you to draft Dalvin Cook and Nick Chubb, so maybe so. Who knows? Um, if you did that, we'll talk about Dalvin Cook in a minute. But uh, if you like the po- if you like the podcast, if you like the advice, leave a five star review. Fire up your Apple Podcast app. Scroll down, hit the five star. You can submit it. Not hard to do. If, if you if you enjoy the podcast at all, do it. And if you if you got something funny to say, by all means, fire up a, and write a review. We appreciate those. They are hilarious. Uh, joining me now to talk fantasy as they do every Thursday from Fort Lauderdale, Heath Cummings, and hey. Uh, hey. and uh, from Atlanta, Brian McFadden. What's up, buddy? What's up, guys? How you doing? Did you, did you make the playoffs in your leagues? Well, currently, yeah. I'm in three leagues, too. I've made the, made the playoffs, and the other one, this is the last week in the regular season. So I got to win this week. I think they have a shot to get in. Oh, so you might go clean sweep. Uh, Heath, yeah, you- yeah. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I potentially in one league, I, I finished, what, 10 and 2. Mm. And I also was the highest scoring team. That's very good. Heath, how about you? Uh, yeah, I didn't make it in all my leagues, but I made it in a lot of leagues. Um, I've got, a, there's a, a, a rule this week that's new for the podcast that we're not giving BMAC advice on his fantasy teams this week because I am facing BMAC in our <laughs> telethon league. And this is a, this is a big one because the prize in this league is that several different members of the league have agreed to donate in the name of the champion. Um, off of our, our fundraiser back in, for St. Luke's. So, uh, yeah, BMAC, yeah. BMAC is a 13 point favorite. He's the three seed. He has a very good team. I'm the sixth seed. I actually thought I was eliminated last week from this league. And then I got an email that said I was in the playoffs. So I mean, we're going to, I mean, only one thing left to do, win the whole thing. And so, uh, BMAC should be very nervous. Placing it. <laughs> you never want to play the worst team in the playoffs. Fun fact, guys. Uh, I also made the playoffs in that league. Really? Do you have a bye? No, I uh, finished right above you, Heath. Um, I got to tell you, you see, here's the other thing that, that sort of bothered me about this fantasy football season. I was just sort of looking around. Um, like I got one, I got two leagues that um, have one week left or maybe something like that. I, I think that if you, in all my leagues, maybe all but one or two, if you took total points, like I, and made that the 
like like I, I finished with way more points than I did like in terms of the standings. Like, I'm in a dynasty league, and I and I, I finished with the fourth most points in the league, and I'm out of a sixteen six. I'm not going to make the playoffs out of six teams, which well, is infuriating. Yeah. Well, fun fact: BMAC is the three seed. You're the five seed. I'm the six seed. BMAC is the lowest scoring team out of the three of us. Sure. That that part of fantasy is extremely frustrating. That's See, I know how to I know how to win the ugly games. You guys haven't mastered that yet. <laughs> I I know how to play. I know how to play up to my competition. Um. Anyway, all right, I hope everybody's in the playoffs. Let's try and win them some money. Win some leagues. We got a lot of these notes last year. People were like, "Hey, I listened to Pod. I won my league." Um. Do you do anything differently when you get to the playoffs, Heath? Do you? Oh, I'm going to step up my game. Yeah, I will. Uh, I'm going to be more accurate, more focused, uh, clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. I take PEDs for the playoffs, personally. I take PEDs all season long. I would not still be standing if it wasn't for the PEDs. <laughs> you know, do you treat, I mean, like you don't treat the playoffs any differently, but I do feel like I, I kind of feel like sometimes at, the, at, at various points in the middle of the league, middle of the season, you're kind of like. Not checked out, but you know, if you if you do a, if you do a ten plus leagues, you're like running through your lineups all, like pretty quickly, right, Heath? I mean, like you you like you're you're not like spending forty five minutes deciding between two guys and flip flopping. You're like, hey, listen, this is where my guy is in my rankings. Bam, let's go. Bam, I, let's go. Right. I have looked at every playoff team I have lineup at least three times since waivers ran at two o'clock this morning. Um, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna go through this with a fine tooth comb. Cause there's also times when you have as many leagues as I, you and I do that you sometimes start players you didn't realize you started. Like that, that does happen. And you can't let that happen this week. No, I got, uh, I'm, I, I don't think I missed the playoffs because of it, but I got caught my pants down on a Julio Jones league when he was a late inactive, but I was doing other work for, you know, it, it happens. I made That's, the playoffs in a league because a guy started Golden Tate last week and I was playing him for the last spot. So he's probably not very happy. No. Um, all right. Well, uh, let's start with the Thursday night game, Cowboys and the Bears. I'm trying to think who you would, I mean, obviously start Amari Cooper and Allen Robinson and Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott, who I'm secretly kind of scared of. I would start all of those players. Yep, okay. I'm right there with you. I think you have to. Worth noting. Chicago Bears gave up less than 16 points per game when Akeem Hicks was playing for them. I believe he is back this week. He is back. Yes, he is. He makes a big difference for that run defense and the defense in general, doesn't he, B-Mac? Uh, no question. Um, he probably is the most important player on that defense, and I think we all realize that in his absence because Khalil Mack wasn't Khalil Mack. Floyd wasn't Floyd. I mean, all the guys kind of scaled back a little bit when they, when you look at their production, but having him back on that front line, man, I, and, and that also could be a big, big, you know, plus for owners who have the Chicago Bears defense, who pretty much sat them the last few weeks outside of last week against the Lions, potentially maybe considering putting them back in their starting lineup. Guys, I think point of clarification that Akeem Hicks comes back to practice this week and comes back to game next week. Oh. That's I believe, I believe he's trying to come back for week 15. Ah. Well, I'm going to need to go completely alter my picks right up. I'm glad that someone edited that and caught it for me. You're welcome. Yes. Right on time, Heath. 
Yeah. Well, right the, Bears defense, the Bears' defense is still good anyway. Crap. I swear I saw Akeem Hicks but, come back. Okay, you know what? Scratch that whole thing we just talked about. But Akeem Hicks is huge for the Bears, so look at him in week 15 when you're going to have to worry about Now, it. I know that we might want to edit that out because we talked okay. about Akeem Hicks, but I don't want to edit out the part about where I realized what was going on. Uh, I'll even where I was paying you. attention. That's the me being sharper on week 14 for the fantasy playoffs thing right there. <laughs> Time to trade for the season to end. Um, end season. All right, well, then you don't right, start Zeke. Don't even worry about it. I mean, you have to start Zeke. I think you have to start Allen Robinson. Are you starting Dak Prescott for sure? I am. Like, Well, I would start Carson Wentz over him. I would start. Okay. I would. I would even start Matt Ryan over him. But I like Matt Ryan a lot against the Panthers. Who would you take between Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz? Uh, I basically have them Ryan, but it's a coin flip. I yeah. feel like it wins because I don't trust Matt Ryan after the last few weeks. Well, Ryan he had a he had an ugly start last week, but he finished with around what sixteen, eighteen points, right? I think it he was, was better than that. He was over three hundred yards and two touchdowns. It yeah. was a bunch of bull. He had no business with any of those stats. I took the under on his passing yards on Thanksgiving. He should have gone way under. He had like a buck thirty-five when the Saints checked out, and he started chunking it all over the field. Oh, so you're just the, you're, you're just bitter. <laughs> What's that? So you're just bitter is all this is. It yeah, sounds like it. It sounds like it. He, cost, like he it. cost me a spot in the in the playoffs in another league because he put up a five. <laughs> whatever, whatever week. Janie Adams is the start of the week. Mush. Yeah, he had 20, 20 fantasy points last week. Okay. Um, you are. It's what are you going to do about Dalvin Cook? Mm. Pro, if Dalvin Cook starts, there's no discussion. You start mm. him and you pray. But I can't like Dalvin Cook against the Detroit Lions, and the Minnesota Vikings are playing him, and I might sit him on my bench during a game that if I lose, my season's over. I can't deal with that for six months. <laughs> knowing that I cost myself a chance at the title because I was scared about his shoulder when the Vikings and Dalvin Cook had told me all week long that he was 100% going to play. I, I just got to start him. I think the interesting well, thing, and I've got this in a, a couple of deeper leagues, I have Madison and Dalvin Cook. Ooh. And so I have, would you start both? I have flex spots where I've got like Tyler Boyd in there in one of them. Um Maybe Patrick Laird, something like that. And I think you just, it makes more sense to start Alexander Madison in the flex because there's a chance both backs could be good against the Lions. The Lions are terrible defensively. It wouldn't take more than 10 or 12 touches probably for Cook to have a good day. They combined for like 180 rushing yards the last time they faced him. And if something happens to Cook, you're not going to get crushed because Madison will have a great day. The Lions give up uh, right around, I think, 30 points per game to running backs. You would probably sign for 30 points from Cook and Madison right now, right? I think you yes. would sign for 30 points from your running back one in flex right now. Yes, exactly. Period. Yes. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think, uh, look, I, I wouldn't bench Cooks if, Cook if he plays either. I hope he plays every run for 200 yards. He could easily get 10 carries and have two jailbreaks to the house, and then they pull him because they're up 14 nothing. And I do think that they will pull him or at least ease the burden on Dalvin Cook once they have a 10-point lead, if they get a 10-point lead, and they're favored by 13 points. So the belief is they will. A couple of key notes I would say about this game. Um, I'd be curious how you read into him, BMAC. Mike Zimmer said, one, we need to get back to doing what we do best. And he also said, we're not going to play people, play players 
who are injured. So what do you, how do you think that alters your perception at all, if any? They're going to get back to running the football. Mm-hmm. Uh, when early in the year, when Adam Thielen complained about the running and the lack of throwing, and if you're not fully healthy, you're not going to play. Cook, if Cook is 65%, he's playing. This is a must win for the Minnesota Vikings. They can't afford to think about resting Cook if he's cleared enough to participate. Granted, he might not be 100%, but there's a lot of players that are not 100% right now. So I expect to see Davin Cook. I'm right there with Heath. If he's cleared and you have him in your, in your lineup on your team, you have to put him in your starting lineup. Have, have him watch Lamar Jackson tape. Like, he doesn't need to practice Wednesday or Thursday or Friday. He knows what he needs to do. Just have him watch tape of Lamar Jackson avoiding hits through the first 13 weeks of this season. Dalvin, you can leave a yard or two on the table here or there. Don't take a big hit. But see, the thing is, he people, when you watch the game Monday, he actually got hit. He actually got hurt before he fumbled. Remember uh, when Jadavian Clowney tackled him um from behind when he was he ran him down. It was, on, it was on his first fumble, right? It was when he, at the huh? end of the at the end of the first half because he fumbled on that yeah, play yeah. too, but the Vikings recovered it. Exactly. Yes. That's, That's when yes. he remember he went straight to the sideline, and then in the second half he came back, and then the ball kind of got ripped out from the arm that he actually was holding when he fell the first time, and that's when he really got hurt. So that that's the only concern I would have is not a direct contact hit on the shoulder. What if he falls awkwardly, or what if someone lands on him awkwardly, and then you're holding your breath. But you still got to roll the dice and start him. And, and he, and he mentioned too that it was the same injury he suffered against the Broncos before the bye. It's sort of like a fluke injury with the shoulder. I, I, look, if the Vikings are going to play him if he's ready to play, because you're right, BMAC, it is a must win game. I mean, they are one game up on the, the Rams. If they lose to the Lions at home and the Rams beat the Seahawks at home, which is not that far fetched despite what people think, the Vikings could potentially miss, like they're, they're putting themselves at risk of missing the playoffs. So they will put everybody out there, but I think that we will see um, if they can get a lead, I think we will see a 70-30 split for Alexander Madison. It, just have to hope that the lead comes via Dalvin Cook touchdown. Uh, what about Raheem Mostert, Patrick Laird, or Benny Snell? I Listen, I think Matt Breed is coming back, and I wrote extensively about this earlier in the week. The 49ers uh, now had four times that a running back has topped 20 fantasy points for them this season. It happened in week two with Raheem Mostert. The next week, Matt Breida led the team in touches. Jeff Wilson led the team in fantasy points. It happened with Matt Breida in week five. The next week, Tevin Coleman led the team in touches and fantasy points. It happened with Tevin Coleman's four-touchdown game in week nine. The next week, Matt Breida led the team in touches and fantasy points. So I don't have any confidence that Raheem Mostert, especially if Matt Breida's back, that Raheem Mostert's going to be anything other than a boomer bust flex. I would prefer Benny Snell in non-PPR. I think he's going to get 15 to 20 carries in a game that's probably ugly that they win low scoring against the Cardinals. And I prefer Laird in full PPR. To all those guys. If I had to start one of them this week and you're telling me Matt Breed is back, Dalvin Cook's playing, then Patrick Laird is the one I'm starting in PPR. Yeah, Patrick Laird and our... Oh, by the way, you know, we talked all about this this freaking uh, Le'Veon Bell value in terms of a dynasty trade. We talked about that yeah. with Dave Richard. Mm-hmm. You know that he did eventually trade him and Mark Andrews to Matt Coca. Mm-hmm. I'm playing Coca in the in the playoffs, and if and, and Le'Veon Bell has the Dolphins. He's going to go off this week. I guarantee you. I've been talking crap about that trade all season long. I offered Dave a better deal 
for Andrews. After Cooper Cup before Cooper Cup went nuts for Andrews and, and Bell. And now I'm going to have Bell and Andrews go bananas on my face. I know it's going to happen. So if you got play, if you're playing DFS, go Le'Veon Bell. He's going to have a big week. Will he rush for more than 70 yards for the first time this season? Yes. Wow. He's going to rush for 150. He yards. does wow. not have 70 rushing yards. They can't yeah. run on anybody. They can't. Yeah, the offensive line is bad for the Jets. It's bad. It's bad. The, the 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 thing you need to be concerned about, Will, is that red zone touches inside the five yard touches, like for Le'Veon, because in between the twenties, his offensive line is bad. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just kind of worried. Like these teams, it seems like the Dolphins are having fun and playing for their coach, and like going in the right direction. And it seems like the Jets hate Adam Gase, like everybody else that's ever been around Adam Gase. And <laughs> I I think the Dolphins might win. Would you start Ryan Fitzpatrick or Baker Mayfield? Fitzpatrick. Mm. That was fast. Like I was, I had, I had to think about it for a second. I, I'd go Fitzpatrick too. Yeah, I, I'm Baker Mayfield. Uh, it's just, uh, but no. neither. Good. You can throw Philip Rivers in there too as a third option. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not starting nothing with Philip Rivers. <laughs> I'm sorry, Will. I know that's your guy and everything. You know, you have a man crush on him. I was but. leaning. I was already leaning. I, I, I picked, I spent $22 a fab, my last $22 a fab in this league on Ryan Fitzpatrick. I, I was, I've got Baker and Rivers. I'm Is it a two them. quarterback league? No, in a one quarterback league. Do you think anyone else even made a bid for Ryan Fitzpatrick? I wasn't worth it. If I was Coca and I'd seen my team with Mayfield and, and Rivers, I would have spent 23 on, on Fitzpatrick. I <laughs> would, uh, I, I, I would play Rivers over Fitzpatrick, so. You would? I would. But they're back to back, so I don't really care. Yeah. I'm TBD on it. I'm not sure what I'm going to do there, but I was just curious your thoughts. Um, oh, the, uh, oh God, who's the other running back on that list? Oh, uh, Darwin Thompson with the Chiefs. What do you think about the Chiefs running backs this week, Heath? Well, I think you're going to see uh, a couple of guys get 10 to 15 touches and probably 10 to 14 because that's what they do every week. Uh, Damian Williams is the only Chiefs running backs had more than 14 touches in a game this year. And yeah. Adam Teicher, who usually has a pretty good feeling of things around there, has said multiple times on Twitter that Damian has a real chance to come back and play. Ooh, so if that happens, be- then I think Darwin Thompson's probably useless. Unless they decide it's time to rest LaShawn McCoy for a game again. Um, I don't really want to start a Chiefs running back. I agree. Would you rather start Darwin Thompson or Ronald Jones? Ronald Jones. Okay. Even though he got benched. Yeah, that's the, again, that's another situation where prior week's workload has been no indication of what's going to happen the following week. Patrick Laird or Ronald Jones? Laird. Okay. What a world we live in. Patrick Laird. <laughs> um, well, it's not that he's talented. It's just that he's on the Dolphins. No, that's not it. It's just... Yeah. There's no good explanation. He actually point. averaged 0.5 yards per carry last week, but he, he just catches a bunch of, he catches passes and we need him to score. Um, the Redskins backfield, I feel like you have to start Darius Geis and maybe start Adrian Peterson. The Packers are terrible against the run. Bill Callahan doesn't give one bleep about what's happening in the course of the game. Down 14 nothing, down 40 nothing. He is He'll running. Run it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. I think Geis is the best option because you know, he missed the majority of this season, and they definitely want to give the fans 
a reason to be optimistic about their backfield going forward. And he, I mean, he had a long run last week against Carolina, but he actually ran with a lot of energy. Uh, See that stiff arm he put on Shaq? Yes. Yes. My God. And he's fresh. I mean, he's fresh. So you guys are going to have to help me here. Because this is the type of guy that I'm going, I've got, I don't have Darius Geis or Adrian Peterson ranked as starters. And here's why. Geis has come back and basically seen seven, nine, or ten carries in the four games that he's played. There's been no positive trend towards him getting a higher percentage of the carries or more carries in a game. Adrian Peterson had three more carries than Geis did last week. Let's say that he's going to have ten carries, which is the most he's had. We expect he's going to average five yards per carry? But are you concerned? What well, do you think? Since this will be his what, second straight game, they kind of got him into rhythm last week, and maybe they will intensify his workload this week. That that could be a uh, a possibility, I, right? Well, I think you just have to to wager that they're going to minimize Adrian Peterson's role if that's what you think, because Chris Thompson's going to be in there on third down. Um, yeah, he might definitely. catch one pass. Maybe he catches two. An average is eight yards a catch. So then if you give him five yards a carry, you're at 65 yards. But that seems pretty optimistic. So I, I, I don't have him. I, like, I don't feel good about ranking him low, but you're talking about a team that's got an implied total of like 14 and a half. Mm-hmm. So the touchdown chances aren't exactly great. Um, these are the types of guys that I, I will just miss on. If this is the week they decide to give him 17 or 18 touches. I'm going to be really, really wrong. I was wrong about him last week, but he ran it 10 times for 150 yards or something. It, interesting fact with the uh, Green Bay Packers, they have, when they've won, they have covered, and when they have lost, they have failed to cover. So it would stand to reason if that trend continues that the Green Bay Packers will uh, put up a bunch of points on the Redskins, and the Redskins will be forced to throw with Dwayne Haskins. I don't know if they'll do that. They might just keep running the football. We'll, we'll see. Uh, what, what about the Colts' backfield? Um, what's up with Marlon Mack? I, he's supposed to be back at practice, right? I mean, he was back at practice. Can you start him? Can you trust Marlon Mack? I mean, if he goes to a full week of practice, yes. If I get it, yeah. Uh, Yeah. I, I, I I kind of feel the same way about Marlon Mack like I do with Dalvin Cook. If he's cleared and knowing how important this ball game is for the Colts, if he's clear that he went through everything he was supposed to go through this week in practices against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yeah, I, I, I think I had to ride with him. I'm a little worried about it, Heath. I got Mac and so in a couple, I think both of my leagues where I'm, or like two of my leagues where I'm in the playoffs and I'm trying to set, like, but it, I'm in a, I'm in a, all right, let me, I'll, I'll tell you this pickle I got here. Yeah. Are you in the office league playoffs? No, I've never made the playoffs in that league. <laughs> yeah. I made it last year. Zero. Zero times have I ever made the playoffs in that league. 2016 league, um, you got uh, one running back, one wide receiver, one tight end. I got Saquon, DJ Moore, Mark Andrews, no problem there. And you got two flexes. Here's the problem. I got Jameson Crowder locked into one. I feel good about that. Tyler Lockett is my other one. I would feel great about that except for the last two weeks. And then my other two options are, or my other three options are, Marlon Mack, Darwin Thompson, and James Washington. Okay. So I like I don't have any advice on Tyler Lockett. Because I don't know how anybody would know what to make. He could score zero points or he could score 40 this week. Um, bus. I, I don't Boom know bus. why, I don't know why you feel so good about Jamison Crowder. Like I would rather start Lockett than Crowder because it feels like Crowder has a similar floor to Lockett. 
he has 26 receiving yards in his last two games against the Raiders and Bengals. Yeah, he hadn't had a good two weeks. And neither is Tyler Lockett. Um, but Lockett has enormous upside. So I, I would probably in that situation start Lockett and Mac. Okay. But yeah, well, the one thing about Crowder is, and it's obviously it's a PPR league in games where like, I mean, in the three prior games and Sam Darnold was back against the Dolphins, against the Giants, against the Redskins, he had 22, 19 and 18 points. Like he was, and he scored a touchdown. So that helps. Right. But Sam Darnold's been back for a lot more than three games. Yeah. But they, they slaughtered the Raiders and just quit throwing. And the Raiders just waved the white flag in the third quarter, put Mike Lennon in and called it off. And then he caught two passes on nine targets against the Bengals. So he saw a bunch of targets. If he catches those, you know what I mean? Like it just felt like the weather was maybe bad and the Jets didn't come to play. I don't know. That's, that's, that's possible. And the weather may be bad and the Jets may not come to play this week. But no, if that's, if you like him, like I think I'm probably lower on him than most. I just look at like the, the whole picture. He had two great games with Darnold in the first two games they played together, two miserable games, three really good games, two miserable games. Would you would you consider going James Washington over Jamison Crowder, B Mac? Washington yes. three catches, yes. ninety eight yards and a touch. Yes. Four catches, one hundred eleven yards and a touch in his last two games. Yes, I'm going. James Washington is right now the number one pass catcher in that offense without Juju Smith Schuster, and he might not get the opportunities. He might get anywhere between five to six targets, but they're going to be deep targets. He's their deep threat. He's the only deep threat, and he's playing with a lot of confidence right now. Yeah, so I definitely ride with James. And I, I, well, the thing is, the matchup, what will the Cardinals do? Will they have Pat Peterson following James Washington? Will they show him that much respect? Um, we don't know, but when you look at Crowder, I don't trust anything with the Jets' offense. Uh, the Jets let me down last week. I, I personally, I feel some type of with the Jets because I had them in a five and a 14 parlay and all the teams came through except the Jets. You know, you know what happened with the Jets on, um, I, uh, I, our, our boss EK slacked me and said, all right, who you like this week on the early lines? I was like, I gotta be honest. I love the Jets. I was mm-hmm. like, I was like Jets against Ryan, fin- Ryan Finley. They're eating. He's like, what did they bring Dalton back? I was like, they're not bringing Dalton back. They already benched him at oh and eight. Why would they bring him back? And he's like, all right, fine, I'll put the Jets in. So he bets on the Jets. Literally five minutes later, <laughs> it's like Andy Dalton is announced as the new starter. Uh, so he's, EK hates me now. But, um, yeah, the, I hadn't thought about the Patrick Peterson thing. That concerns me a little bit for the, uh, for James Washington. Are they really going to have Patrick Peterson trail James Washington? I mean, who else? Hey, uh, who else? Th- I mean, th- I mean, he's like the go-to guy, right? So you never know. All right, wide receiver, more wide receiver injuries. Can you start, can you trust Juju Smith-Schuster, Julio Jones, Adam Thielen? I don't see how you can trust. T.Y. Hilton, Golden Tate, Taylor Gabriel. How does how do those, how do you approach those injuries, Heath? I think Julio's going to play and I'm going to play him. Okay. Um, I think there's a chance Tate comes back, but I don't, like, that whole giant situation is really weird now because it oh, sounds. Well, obviously Eli Manning's playing, not. Which I think is probably better for the offense. Um, I've noticed that they've become bigger underdogs with Eli at quarterback, and that seems like a mistake. Because mm-hmm. Daniel Jones is exciting and has a possibly bright future, but he has a fumble, more fumbles this year than Eli's ever had in his career. Uh, he has a higher sack rate than Eli's ever had in his career, and he's got a higher interception rate than Eli's had the last three years. So this is a bad thing for the Eagles' defense. 
Back to the Giants. I don't really think I want to play Tate or Shepard or Slayton because I think it'll probably, with Eli back, be the dump-off to Evan Ingram and Saquon Barkley show. Mm-hmm. Um, it, oh, speaking of, is Evan Ingram playing? Or he's just going to be so. out for the rest of the season. He's pulling A.J. Green? I think No, I think Evan Ingram is uh, is coming back. It's kind of like Andy's back. Or not Andy, Eli. Basically Andy Dalton. Uh, Eli's back. Well, the whole gang's coming back. Tate's coming back. Ingram's <laughs> coming back. And they're probably going to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. You think they're going to win? I kind of think they do. I do. I think they do. They do too. Yeah. All right. I'm going to, oh, uh, we, I see over this in running backs. Carry on Johnson back at practice as well. Would you, uh, would you add carry on Johnson? Stash him. He can't come back to play until next week like Akeem Hicks, but, uh, I think actually week 16. Is it 16? So yeah, two I mean, weeks away. For you to be wrong as well as us, but you are actually well, wrong. Possibly. He's not eligible until week 16. I still would like to stash him. Yeah. I snagged him in a cut. If you're in the playoffs and you have a, if you have a spot, like I draw, I, uh, I don't even know. Oh, I dropped, uh, I dropped Darius Slayton and put AJ Brown in my starting lineup and dropped Slayton for carry on Johnson. Yeah. I, Slayton, I was really high on at the beginning of the week, but I think losing Daniel Jones, Slayton might be the only one that hurts and getting everybody else back definitely hurts him. And you also don't, it's a Monday night game. So we're not going to know about Evan Ingram. We're not going to know about Golden Tate and you might be locked into starting Darius Slayton at which point. You know, like, that's fine, but like, if Golden Tate's back and Ingrid's back and Eli's starting and they don't have a rapport together, you could really get burnt by having Slayton as your only guy. Like, you don't want to have, you don't want to be sitting on like, okay, I need 14 points out of Darius Slayton on Monday night to win, right? Right. Evan, so we think Evan Ingram's going to play, huh? Uh, that Monday night game scares me. I mean, if you got another option at the tight end position, because I, I kind of got, Screwed, screwed over a little bit with the Adam Thielen situation last week into that Monday night game, and then they announced what Sunday that he wouldn't be participating. So, me personally, I, I, if you got another option with at your tight end position, go with go with them because you don't want to get caught and they announce Monday he's not going. That's true. I do think that Evan Ingram though has a monster ceiling with Eli Manning in there. Absolutely. I, I would like to just have Evan Ingram and Caden Smith on my team. And I will take the L and play Caden Smith if Evan Ingram isn't able, isn't able to go. Okay. I mean, right. let, let's clarify first. It would make more sense if Dallas Goddard was available in your league to have Dallas Goddard and Evan Ingram, but that may not work out. Okay. Um, let's go to some Facebook questions. Remember, you go to the Pick Six, go to Facebook.com, search Pick Six Podcast, join the group, get your question answered on the, on the podcast, or maybe by an expert. I haven't been in there in a while. I apologize. I'm tired. I'm old. Got a child. Joey Dubler asks, what the heck am I going to do with Tyler Lockett? I've had a pretty strong inkling to start Allen Robinson over him lately. Uh, Joey, I think you should start Allen Robinson over Tyler Lockett. I do too. Mm-hmm. I do too. The only way I would, I mean, I guess in an ideal world, if you had like a, I mean, we don't think Tyler Lockett's going to be ruled out, right? Like he's going to play. He's going to play, yeah. But I'd rather play Allen Robinson. Yeah, I'm just thinking like if you could, could I mean like you worry because it's a Sunday night game, like you could potentially swap in like somebody, but it, it's unlikely he's probably not going to be ruled out. I, I mean, he's just looking at his snap count. I mean, he ran 
71 percent of the snaps against San Francisco in Week 10. I think that's when he suffered the injury, and that was coming off a 90. I mean, like he was 90 plus percent and 88 plus percent in every single game. Uh, then the last, then the last week against Philly, 85 percent, only one, two targets, one catch in a in a weird game, um, and then 88 percent of his snaps last week. So maybe he's just ramping back up, and maybe he's going to have a monster game on Sunday night. Yeah, I, I think I'm I'm not running from Lockett. You're right. You talked me into it, Heath. Um, but what about but, Allen Robinson has really, you know, come alive lately? No, no, I would start Allen Robinson over him, okay. but I'm not running away from Lockett as like a starter. Like, like if we're, it was, we're back Lockett. to, we're back to Will's team. He, he's thinking about his team again. Not, not the, I'm, not the listener anymore. I'm oh, okay. Well, no, we agree. It's a clean sweep. Allen Robinson <laughs> over Tyler Lockett. Robinson's good. Um, Jared Ross wants to know, should I trust Rashad Penny, DJ Chark, Tyler Boyd, or, or, or yeah, Tyler Boyd or Tyler Lockett this week? He also has, uh, Evans, Diggs, Barkley, and Chubb in full PPR. He needs a flex. Hmm. I'd probably go Chark. I, I, like. I couldn't hear. What'd you guys say? Be back. Oh, uh, I like Penny. I'd go Chark. Okay. I could even you could even talk me into taking Diggs out. Honestly. Yeah. No. It's the Lions. Gonna, you heard Mike Zimmer. They want to get back to what they want to do. That's true. And if they lock him down, I think that game's going way under. I know it was a shootout the last time they played. I think this game, that was with Matthew Stafford. I think this game goes way under. Uh, Samantha Smith Isaacson asks, half point PPR in my flex. Would you start Debo Samuel or James Washington? Washington. Okay. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Washington. All right. Tom Guzman wants to know, Winston has been my QB all season, four points per passing touchdown. His only touchdown-less game of the season, Week 13, resulted in last year's champion beating me and sneaking into the sixth seed. None of us want him to repeat. Should I ride with Winston or go another route at QB for our back-to-back rematch in the playoffs? Ooh, I had love those. Uh, other options on the waiver wire are Jacoby Brissett, no. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Gardner Minshew, Derek Carr, Daniel Jones, no, obviously, uh, and Andy Dalton. I'm starting Jameis Winston. Yeah, I am too. I mean, James is the type of quarterback that might throw two interceptions and give you three touchdowns. The only thing that I would be worried about here is that the Colts try to run the ball and shorten the game and Jameis, but I mean, Jameis should throw them. I mean, he should throw plenty against this team. Right? I, I don't, I don't think the Colts are going to be able to run against the Tampa Bay. Not very many teams have. Mm-hmm. Can't run against Tampa. Yeah, Tampa has a good run defense. It's a really bad defensive plan, but it's, uh, it's working. They're, they're making everybody throw the ball on them. I guess they're terrible secondary. Yeah, I mean the Colts probably aren't going to. Yeah, I think I would start Jameis. Remember that game in um, in uh, Jacksonville last week. The wind was really bad. So and there was also a defensive touchdown, and the Buccaneers were up twenty five nothing. And they basically were like, "These guys aren't going to score twenty eight points on us. Mm-hmm. Let's shut it down and get out of here." I think we'll see more scoring against the Colts. Uh, this one was from Twitter from Stephen Brown. Hey, Will, I would love it if. You, I would love if when you talk to BMAC and Heath, if you could ask their opinion on which three receivers to start for my playoff matchup this week. My options are Amari Cooper, Alshon Jeffrey, Devontae Parker, and Mike Evans. So you got to sit one of Amari Cooper, Alshon Jeffrey, Devontae Parker, and Mike Evans. I would say sit Alshon. Mm. <sighs> I would say I think Parker. Parker. I, I don't know if Parker can – can give you what he gave last week. And he really hurt a lot of people's feelings who were playing against him because no one thought Parker, no one saw Parker giving the points in production he did. So I, I like, 
I like uh, Cooper, of course, number one. And it was Mike Evans was the other option. And Alshon, correct? Yes. Yeah. So the sense of urgency for the Philadelphia Eagles has to be it has to be there now. And I think Carson and knowing they can't really run the ball well, I think I go Alshon. He's the number one target. And he's been more consistent when in the lineup and being healthy than Parker. Will knows that I'm going and to disagree. He, and you got to like I'm the matchup sitting, too. I'm the Giants, not, defense, the Giants defense is bad. I'm not <laughs> sitting Monte Parker. Although I don't even think I really realized how big a stat line Alshon Jeffrey had last week. He had 16 targets, which is awesome. But Devontae Parker has not had a game below 11.9 PPR points since week three. And he has double-digit targets in every game since Preston Williams got hurt. I I can't sit Devontae Parker. I don't want to sit any of these guys. You have four of my top 20 wide receivers, so good job. I'm sitting Alshon. You can actually make a case to sit Amari Cooper, but I wouldn't do it. Amari Cooper is third on this list for me. I actually have Parker ranked first, then Evans, then Cooper, then Alshon. But I don't want to sit any of them. Man, Devontae Parker's going to win some leagues. Jets, Giants, Bengals coming up. Mm. Or he's going to pull a hamstring and be Devontae Parker again. So I've mentioned the bet I have to uh, with uh, with Ryan and Sean. Where obviously the pie, anybody who listens to this podcast knows about the bet, but like I said, he would have more than Sammy Watkins. He's, Devontae Parker's got, he's 16th in the league in receiving yards, maybe higher. He's like, he has more receiving yards than Tyreek Hill. I mean, he's been awesome. He's been awesome. The, the ultimate post height breakout. He's totally 26 too. Good for you, Devontae. All right. BMAC, we wish you adieu. Yeah. Good, good luck in your playoffs. Hope we hear yeah. news on the uh, FSU front soon. <laughs> hey, Heath, good luck to you. You know, hopefully you fall short of your expectations this week. Well, you've got uh, three teams in the playoffs, and I hope two of them win. It's going to be very disappointing. Well, no, I actually got two. I need to win this week to get the third in. Oh, that would be disappointing if you only had one left after this week. Nah, I, pl- I probably I have all three. <laughs> I, I just, good luck, I buddy. Just, I just personally know that I'm excited that – I've made the playoffs in like, like I'm, I, there's one, like one of 14, two of 14 leagues I play in don't, you know, doesn't have a cash prize. But you know what? If I can give money to St. Jude, it's worth it to not, to not make any money back. Um, I would point out too, it's BMAC. Oh, you don't have, uh, let's see. Does Heath have anybody on Monday night? Nope. You guys, ah, uh, too bad. Cause you, you're going to miss out on a tweet from Heath. It's like, like, like I need seven, I need to avoid seven points of Kirk Cousins to dodge Will Brinson getting in the playoffs right now. And uh, and then you realize that Kirk Cousins couldn't come through. All right, BMAC. Now I'm going to look for a player playing on Sunday night to throw in my lineup just so I can experience <laughs> that with BMAC. Good luck, BMAC. <laughs> soon, All right. All right. You guys take care. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, 
taking the entire family on an adventurous trip. Maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid. I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, time for some DFS talk. Man, I thought I was putting – I just couldn't – I had some good picks last week, Heath. I just couldn't put them all in the same lineup. Um, you know what? I, I Andy Dalton didn't come through. Jameis Winston didn't come through. Who's the Millie Maker quarterback? Golf or Fitzpatrick? I don't know who it was. I didn't play them. Um, yeah, I, I had a, like, I played a ton of Devontae Parker, which meant that I didn't lose my shirt, but I lost my socks and my gloves and my hat. <laughs> so it was, uh, and the Andy Dalton thing, we got unlucky. Both yeah. of his tight ends dropped touchdowns on consecutive drives. They settled for field goals on both of those drives. He should have been a better play than he was. Here is the um, the uh, the Millie Maker winner. It actually was a split. Oh my god! And this. Um, so uh, th- did you hear what happened? Somebody on the lost. Maker? Yeah, somebody lost nine hundred thousand dollars or something on the Chiefs blocked field goal return for touchdown. So this guy Carney two five nine won forty grand. Uh, there was a tie at two twenty eight. 228 points, 228.8 points. Okay. In first place. So they split 550 grand. Um, they each got 550 grand. Carney 259, uh, finished with 228.4. He had the Rams defense and the two guys who tied had the Chiefs defense. Well, so the two points yeah. the Chiefs got for the extra point vaulted. He's sitting in the million dollars. The Raiders are kicking the, the extra point. The game is over. You just need to avoid a run back. I guess you got to worry about overtime, maybe in that Broncos Chargers game. They block it to the house, get two points, and that's rough, man. Yeah, I might take a week off after that. That's the worst forty grand of your like, life. Not from DFS, but just like life. Yeah, like just a week where I'm just gonna be with my thoughts. Also, it feels like that's such a steep drop off to third place. <laughs> yeah, that's a terrible thing. Uh, that's not good at all. By the way, the, uh, the top three guys, and it looks like the top four and top, yep, top four players had Carson Wentz. I did play the quarterback that was in the Millie Maker. I played a lot of Carson Wentz. Yeah. Carson Wentz, Alshon, and Devontae would have been a nice, plus Higby. It's crazy how you have to hit everything right to win big money in these. Yeah, my running backs were just terrible. I kept playing Christian McCaffrey a week too long. Mm, I had, uh, I had, a. Uh, People care about this deeply, I know. But um, yep. oh, I had Miles Sanders, which is good. Yep, Le'Veon Bell, not as good. No, I definitely had a Wentz, Sanders, Parker, Alshon lineup for sure. But yeah. the rest of the wow. players were all ter- terrible. Wow, that's rough. That should yeah. be. Yeah, you well, probably made your money back with that. Be better, yeah. Christian McCaffrey. Oof. I know it's like I the other guys are like Saquon Barkley, and like it's like really Saquon, you can't just muster. 
14 or 15 points. Right. Anyway, who's your top quarterback? Deshaun Watson, who apparently they priced him because he's had bad matchups two weeks in a row because he's too cheap. And I mean, part of it is they don't, when they, this pricing came out before he embarrassed the Patriots. So that didn't factor in to the cost, but, uh, it's not a good matchup, but he's at home and, uh, I want to play him. Okay. Who's your, are your, <laughs> we know who your contrarian play is. If you've been listening to this podcast all year long, you know damn well. Are you growing a mustache again? I have a little, just a little stubble right now. No mustache currently, but he could make me grow one if he puts up a big number this week. Gardner Minshew, only 5,400 on DraftKings. And I'm going to start him in the fantasy playoffs the next three weeks and win a championship with Gardner Minshew. I like it. I respect it. I love it. Um, Matt Ryan is a gamble. I mean, he could burn you, but he, I, I would guess that he'll be actually be pretty unowned or underowned maybe. Yes. Because people are so mad at how he's burnt everyone this year. Um, Lamar and Mahomes are expensive, but maybe worth it to buy up. I don't want to play Mahomes really. Um, huh? I will play some Lamar. I will have some Ryan and, uh, I'll, I'll definitely have a little Jameis as well. How about Aaron Rodgers? Probably not. Okay. Um, by the way, worth it, worth noting on Lamar and, uh, the Bills and Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen and Lamar could both end up with close to 100 rushing yards. So she 15, 15 plus mile an hour wins in Buffalo on Sunday. I think you'll see both of those guys run the ball a ton because that, that's just what the game plan is going to dictate. Not a ton of passing in that game. So take that for what it's worth. Top running back play, Mr. Kamara. Yeah. Like there's a narrative that he's been a huge bust in a, in a lot of ways. That's true, but he's also just been terribly unlucky. He scored two touchdowns against the Seahawks in week three, and he has zero other touchdowns on the season, despite the fact that he's already over a thousand yards, despite the fact that he missed three weeks. Alvin Kamara is still really freaking good. He should still be one of the top two or three priced running backs, and uh, I'd like to have a chunk of him when he's this low in price. I would also say that um, if I were the New Orleans Saints. And I were trying to mitigate, and I was missing maybe Teron Armstead and maybe um, uh, Andrews Pete. And I was trying to mitigate the San Francisco pass rush. You know what I do? I'd throw a bunch of passes to my super elusive running back. Yeah, me too. And I think that's what you might see from him. And I would guess that against the 49ers, he won't be very owned in terms of being a high-priced guy. I, I hope that he's very underowned. Mm, I like that. Maybe he should be your contrarian play, but instead you've got Devonta Freeman who goes up against... Ron Rivera's miserable rush defense, or should I say Perry Fuel's miserable rush defense? Yeah, and I don't, I don't know for sure that he will be underowned because the matchup is so good, but they could not run on the Panthers the last time they faced them, and he's got like 30 rushing yards max in five of his last six games. So I'm hoping that Freeman's ownership is low. I actually like him better on DraftKings at 5,400. Um, helps you play a lot of studs. I would only say, not to contradict your stance here, that I th- I think there's going to be a uh, dead cat, dead panther narrative, the dead be- dead panther bounce narrative here. I whereby I'm, I'm not aware of what you the dead panther narrative. Do you know what a dead cat narrative is? No. The dead cat bounce. No. You don't know about dead cat bounce? No, I don't. 
So when the cat's dead, like eventually it's gonna, like when it hits the ground, it's gonna bounce up a little bit, right? Because it's dead, so it's gonna bounce up. Um, it's a dead cat bounce. Never heard of it? Never heard of that. Right. Um, well, the, the, the point is that when a, de- <laughs> I keep believing I heard that. Um, it's basically like a temporary, it's like, it's a theory on a mar- like a market strategy, but it's like, okay, a, it's like, yeah, a temporary, a temporary recovery in share prices after a substantial fall caused by speculators buying in order to recover their positions. So my theory is you get a little bit of a dead cat bounce when you fire your head coach because everybody gets motivated. I think the Panthers will actually have a decent rush defense this week. So I, I, I would. If if Devontae Freeman looks like he's going to be heavily owned, I would stay away from him. I okay. Just stay. Hey, I like it. Derrick Henry is has rushed for 1,700 yards in his last 16 games. He's unbelievable. That's ridiculous. Would you pay 9,100 9, for him? I'd rather not. Right. Would you rather pay 9,100 for Henry or 11K? Good Lord, for McCaffrey. I'm probably not going to play very much of either. Okay. Uh, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette, any of those guys interest you? Sonny Michelle? Oh, Fournette for sure. I'm going to have a bunch of Fournette and, uh, maybe a little bit of Kareem Hunt too. Okay. Um, to beat the Bengals, you have to run outside. Somebody should tell Adam Gase that. You run to the outside and use your running backs in the passing game. And that's how you beat the Bengals. So I like Kareem Hunt. That's, that's not what the Jets do. The Jets do what the the Jets do what the Jets do. And (laughs) it's, we're not going to change our game plan because of the stinking Bengals. I'm not going to let the Bengals dictate what we do. We will enforce our will on them regardless of the score or the outcome. I don't know if, I don't know, I, I don't, you guys probably didn't read it, but I wrote, I wrote about this in sort of the Sunday pile, just talking about seven worst losses of the week. And I was like, I pointed out that Adam Gase skipped Thanksgiving to prepare for this game and then noted that like any jabroni with a sports info solutions at like account could figure out in five minutes in between the potatoes and the turkey that if you run to the outside against the, the Bengals, you will have infinitely more success than if you run up the middle. And you could probably ask your Uncle Steve at the table, hey, Uncle Steve, should you run at Geno Atkins or not run at Geno Atkins? And the answer would be don't run at Geno Atkins. So I don't know why Adam Gase didn't go to Thanksgiving in the first place. He's going to run Le'Veon Bell up the middle and ruin my week. Now Le'Veon Bell is going to go nuts against the Dolphins. Watch. So annoyed. Um, wide receivers. <laughs> DJ Moore. I like DJ Moore. It's really weird every week. It's like one of three guys. It's going to be DJ Moore or Devontae Parker or John Brown. And some weeks I just play all three. Um, but like, I don't think like, DJ Moore's price has gone up every week for the last month. It's now 7,100 on FanDuel. It's 7,000 on DraftKings. In the last five weeks, he leads the NFL in targets. And he's for his career, he's averaged nine yards per target. He gets 10 targets every game. That's easy math. 90 yards a game at least. And he's scoring touchdowns now, being used in the red zone more. I just, he should probably be an $8,000 wide receiver. He's a top seven or eight receiver. I would say this too, that, um, I'm sure you saw the news of the coaching switch. Ron Rivera's out. Everybody knows that. But, um, the Panthers also announced, and David Tepper made it clear in this interview he did with, and, and by the way, this is for people who are worried about Christian McCaffrey's usage. Now that the Panthers are out of it and fired their coach, don't be. Because David Tepper said that this is not only just a four-game interview for Perry Fuel as the head coach, they promoted Scott Turner, Norv Turner's son, to offensive coordinator for the next four games. It is essentially a four-game resume slash interview 
slash whatever else you want to call it for Scott Turner to call plays. And I think he is going to bring out the kitchen sink. And I think he is going to run up the score. And I think he is going to score as many points as he can and make it look like Kyle Allen. Like he, like I just think he's going to want to make Kyle Allen look awesome and DJ Moore look awesome. And I think the Panthers are going to be good offensively for the final four weeks of the season because he's going to be willing to do anything to make it look that way. That makes me more nervous than it does excited. Why? Because I don't know anything about him. But he's, I, he's his, he's his son. There have been lots of sons of famous people that were not as good as the famous people at doing things. No, no, no. Scott's been heavily involved anyway. Like he, like he's, he, it, it is, it should not change much at all. So you think DJ Moore's target share is safe, right? Yes. I think that what, what they've done with Kyle Allen will continue to work. Okay. I hope you're but right. I, I, you I think, think that he will, I, I don't think he's going to be hyper conservative and just run the ball with Christian McCaffrey. Good. Um, Zach Pascal. The great Zach Pascal. Is he chalky? Uh, he could, I, he could be. Although looking at the, I was worried about that when I wrote my wide receiver preview. And then by the time I got around to looking at the wide receiver consensus rankings and saw him at like 38, I think he's probably not going to be chalky. Um, I don't think the Colts can run successfully against Tampa Bay. I don't think the Colts are going to stop Tampa Bay from scoring points, which should mean Jacoby Brissett throws 35 plus passes, which means Zach Pascal's getting seven to ten targets, and he's been good every time that's happened this year. Okay. You doing? Uh, you start the start the Tampa Bay guys. Play him in DFS. Do you have any concerns about him? I mean, you, I don't. I don't really want to play either one of them in a cash game, but okay. in tournaments, they're fantastic plays. Okay. Uh, Devontae Parker, obviously, you still like, but he's going to be way more owned this week after going nuts. I would assume so. Yeah, but you're not scared. No, I, I mean, when has Devontae Parker ever let anyone down? <laughs> Certainly not us. Um, the Jaguars have a good matchup. Kenny Galladay rolling him out again. Um, How about that surprise on Thanksgiving? Yeah, I'm not. Um, I think Kenny Galladay is a boomer bust number three wide receiver who boomed last week in this situation. Now, let me say talent wise, I think he's a top 15, top 20 receiver in the league, but he's not going to get four or five targets per week like he has the last three weeks from some of the worst quarterback passing quarterbacks in the NFL and continue to be a must-start guy. It just doesn't work that way. Okay. George Kittle, top tight end play. Yeah, and I've gone back and forth between him and Kelsey, and something could change, but I, I dislike Kelsey's matchup a little bit more. I expect the... 49ers to score a little more and Kittle gets a little bit larger target share. The main thing is he's just cheaper than Kelsey, especially on DraftKings. And, and so, there's a chance that the Patriots say we're taking out Travis Kelsey. Right. Would you put, cause I actually think Stefan Gilmer's a better matchup on Kelsey than on Tyree Kill. I believe, and don't quote me on this, but I believe most of the time what they've done is, um, just bracket Tyreek, just roll coverage, yeah. all the coverage his way and then, Gilmore, you, go, you, yeah. you single Kelsey with Gilmore, and then you put a safety and a cornerback on Tyreek, and just don't don't let him beat you over the top. Right. Yeah. That I would assume that's what they do. I just I don't like that they've done that, but it's not really worked because like <laughs> they've had plenty of success, and Tyreek Hill can just run past the safety too. Um, they they probably need to hope for bad weather. They're getting bad weather. Uh, what about your contrarian tight end? I think people may overreact a little bit to a bad week from Hunter Henry, 
and the Chargers on their second consecutive road game at Jacksonville. And you hear Jacksonville and you think, oh, they've got a good defense. They don't really. Um, so they have a terrible defense. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's like one of the worst defenses. I don't think it's that bad. Sure about that? Like, by what definition? Like, not against tight ends, they're not. Oh, they're like 18th in the NFL in terms of yards. So they're average. Yeah, below average. Yeah. <laughs> below average defense, but not one of the worst. All right, I'll give you that. It's fine. Oh, DVOA, they're 24th. Oh, okay. Because they're terrible against the run. They are pretty, pretty bad against the run. Um, all right. Uh, any beers this week? Had a lot of beers this week. None that are sticking out in my memory. That might be because of the sheer volume. <laughs> oh, God. Thanksgiving. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Uh, I had uh find my package arrived from San Diego. I got a What's in the Hops Belching Beaver IPA. It's a hazy, but it's like a West Coast New England. So it's not like a turbo hazy. You know, just you don't get that. You don't get the really hazy IPAs from the West Coast, like true West Coast beers. Right. Uh, it was uh, it was fantastic. And they have a pecan stout that they are. Oh, yeah. It's called the um, you, you'd like this. It's sticky paws with a Z. Mm. They have barrel aged dessert stout with pecans in dulce de leche. That's very nice. I found a new place in Delray Beach that just opened up called Hopportunities, and I'm sure they have one of these around you, not this particular, like this t- style of place. They have one in Aiken, South Carolina as well. And you just go in and you give them your card, and they give you a wristband, and there are um, taps all the way around the room, like 40 of them. Or do you do the- You put your wristband up. Yeah. You pour, it charges you by the ounce, and you can just drink whatever beer you want, as much of it as you want. And so I had Ghost in the Machine from okay. Parish Brewing Company, a double IPA, and it was fantastic. Five-star rating on Untapped for me. Overall, it's got a 428, which is also very high. Oh, um, is it uh, Ghost in the Machine? Is that a... Louisiana. Is, is that a Rage Against Machine album or a? Was, somebody who is Ghost in the Machine? Somebody did an album like that, right? Probably, but I don't know. The Ghost in the Machine is the British philosopher Gilbert Ryle's description of Rene Descartes' mind-body dualism. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. It's a 1967 book about uh, philosophical psychology, psychology by Arthur Kessler. Not a Ghost in the Machine album? The description doesn't reference an album. It says, Welcome to the Future. Our collective human consciousness, or Ghost in the Machine, has gained a tolerance for hops beyond what mankind has ever known before. This double IPA is a necessary outcome. (laughs) (laughs) Is it it hot? Oh my God, the, the, the logo is unbelievable. It's just a... Uh, like a psychedelic skull being jabbed with, like, jabbed with hops. Um, may we all get there in our brains sooner rather than later. All right, Heath. Playoffs are upon us. It's been fun. I don't, I don't, I don't think we're playing each other in any games. I don't either. Should have made the more playoffs. We should have. I think we only made the playoffs in the same league <laughs> once. 
the one that we did. Is that true? Yeah. We're in like nine leagues and we didn't make the playoffs and either like didn't cross over, which is odd. You're not in the IDP league. The, the YOLO league? Well, yes. We both made the playoffs in the YOLO league. Oh, we did. And the telethon. Uh, okay. All right. Two. That's pretty good. Yeah. Is your team good in, you have Mahomes, obviously. I have Patrick. My team was good, but it's not anymore. I lost carry on Johnson, James Connor, T.Y. Hilton, and Preston Williams all to injury. So I've got Mahomes and Melvin Gordon. It would be a stunner if Adam and Jamie, who obnoxiously named their team Where's Will, uh-huh. in reference to me not showing up to drafts. Right. And so, like, uh, don't, don't give Azer any credit. Of course not. It's not actually, no, he's, he has nothing to do with the team. Um, Jamie made him a co-owner at one point or another to do something. And then Adam was complaining about getting email notifications about the league. So Jamie won't take him off as a co-owner because he wants him to keep getting the emails. (laughs) So you needed help to like process a transaction. Yes. Right. But that's, that's called their team is Mark, Jameis, Mark Ingram, Christian McCaffrey, Edelman, Gallup, Michael Thomas. Darren Waller, Kenny Galladay, Tyreek Hill. Oh, it's the best team in the league, and we're all cheering against them. Yeah, he went 12-1. and one. That is insane. How did that team get so good? Do they trade, or was it just? Um, I think it was a combination of things. He's made a it's couple real- trades, but uh, hopefully they lose in the first round. Nope, they have a bye. Hopefully they lose in the second round. To maybe me or you. Either maybe. one of us would be great. You're playing um, who's Doug? Maron. You got Maron. And who do you yeah. play? Coco. Jesus, we're both gonna lose. Coca's got a better team than you, I think. Well, he traded for um, yeah, Le'Veon Bell. Well, he got the so deal he, done. You should have got yeah. the deal done. I, sh- I should have closed it. I guess yeah. so. Yeah, he's got <laughs> ABC. Matt Ryan, Le'Veon Bell, Darius Geis, Hopkins, Allen Robinson, Lazard, Andrews, Kelsey, Andrews, and Kelsey. Why did he, why did he trade for Andrews? He has Kelsey. He's a Ravens okay. fan. And Evan Ingram. What the hell? Yeah, he has three three of the. Three of the five best tight ends in the league, and Why I would like that? I would like a full list of all the tight ends that you have started in this league this season because you have been churning tight ends. You do. Like Ricky Seals. I started Ricky Seals Jones last week, and he's got three guys. I'd send him like a pinky for my for one of his tight ends. It's insane. Why has he not been like trying to deal Evan Ingram with Travis Kelsey? You, sh- you should mark. It? You should uh, mark this down and come back to it in the off season to try to go get one of these tight ends. Make it my first round pick for any one of those three right now, right? Yeah, but you can't make trades during the playoffs. Well, I'm not going. He's not going to trade him to me now. But I'm saying, like, yeah, I've got Gerald Everett, who I'm hoping will be will play. Probably not. Probably won't play, really. Oh boy! All right. Well, at least I have Patrick Laird. No, I just remember that like every time a tight end has been picked up off the waiver wire this season, it's been Will Brinson that's added like, that tight like, end. It's like, a, it's like an insane. Um, Oh, by the way, uh, Brett, the uh, editor, just pointed out that I talked about Akeem Hicks coming back. Yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> all right, I got to get out of here and go fix that. You got to get out of here and go drink beer or something. All right. See Talk to you next week, buddy. Good luck in the playoffs. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. 
Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.